Today on this Thanksgiving Day, I want to share a message with you. It's for a wonderful opportunity to remember why we're thankful. I know sometimes, um, you know, life can get us down. It can be overwhelming. We can feel weighted. And uh, sometimes we need to reflect and think and read scripture and realize, wait a minute, God is still here. God is with me. God is on my side, and therefore, I have reason to be thankful. So whatever you're doing today, right now, just lend an ear. As we're in Psalm 107, I'm going to read the psalm and make some comments, and hopefully, whatever thankfulness you have in your heart will just well up to the surface and really become a song of praise. Psalm 107 begins in verse 1. Shout praises to the Lord. He is good to us, and His love never fails. Think about that. He is good to us, and His love never fails. That God has taught us an enduring love. It's a love that knows no limits. It's a love that knows no conditions. It's a love that comes to us because of Him. For God is love. Verse 2, everyone the Lord has rescued from trouble should praise him. (laughs) That's me. Oh, yeah. Everyone the Lord has rescued from trouble. We've all had troubles in our lives, right? And God has come through. But there's a big trouble that waits for people that don't know Jesus. And that's the trouble of eternal alienation from God. And uh, we should praise him. If we have that, if we have that, connection with God, that fellowship with God through Christ. That's one trouble that we'll never know. And for that, we praise Him. And we thank God every day that we have salvation and we have a relationship with Him. So we are redeemed. All the redeemed should praise God for who He is and what He's done. In verse 3 of Psalm 107, everyone He has brought from the east and the west, the north and the south, So, and what this is, this is the worldwide gospel invitation. God has set out to redeem all people. And why isn't all people aren't redeemed? Well, they choose not to. They say no to the invitation of God. But people from all over the world, every tongue, tribe, and nation, they have the opportunity to say yes to Christ, yes to the invitation to be born of God, delivered from the wrath of sin. And many do, and sadly, some don't. In verse 4 of Psalm 107, it says, Some of you were lost in the scorching desert, far from a town. Oh yeah, lost and without hope. That's a sad place to be when there's no hope. Because hope, Solomon said, delayed, makes the heart sick. And if we have a sick heart, we have a sick life because we live life from the heart. So we've got to get hope in the heart. And that makes for a hopeful life. So listen, God looks for people that are hopeless so he can make them hopeful. And he will do that through his son. Verse 5 says, you are hungry and thirsty and about to give up. You are at the point of despair. Sometimes we get to that very edge. It's that we feel like we can't go any further. But God is there. 
God is always there. You know, think of it. God is never not there. That's how we're to see him. Always. God doesn't move away from us. Oh, we might move away from him sometimes, but he never moves away from us. Even at our point of despair, he is there. Verse 6 says, you were in serious trouble, but you prayed to the Lord and he rescued you. Oh, God has an ear to hear. Many times Jesus would say after a parable, he that has ears to hear, let him hear, right? Well, you know what? God has ears to hear too. And he hears your prayers. Oh, he hears every beat of your heart. He knows every thought of your soul. And he listens intently. And he waits for that opportunity to intervene when you ask him. He's there. He wants to intervene. He wants to be there for you. But it's by invitation only. So when you pray, God hears. Verse 7 says, right away he brought you to a town. Okay, God moves quickly. Remember we said in the earlier verse, wait a minute, you were like far from a town. But God heard you. God heard your prayer of despair. And he moved and he brought you in. Verse 8 says you should praise the Lord for his love and for the wonderful things he does for all of us. His works are without number. Wow, isn't that true? Every star in the sky is like a work of God, and they're without number. Every grain of sand on the beach is like a work of God, and they're without number. Even John said at the end of his gospel, if all the things that Jesus did were written down, even the books of the world could not contain them. Oh, we know the tip of the iceberg of the goodness of God, and there's so much we haven't even yet come to know. But it's there, and in time, we will get to know it. This is why we praise Him. This is why Thanksgiving for us, it's not just one day, but it's every day. But we love Thanksgiving because there's something unique that goes on. There's there's a keener attention to God for who He is and what He's done. Verse 9 says, To everyone who is thirsty, He gives something to drink. To everyone who is hungry, he gives good things to eat. Now, is he talking spiritually? Is he talking physically? I know that physically there are people, they're really struggling, they're really suffering, not having much to eat or to drink. But God is a spiritual being, and he really cares about the soul. And yes, he cares for the body too, but the soul is eternal. And that's why the invitation goes out, He that is thirsty, come and drink freely from the water of life. God is always inviting us into a relationship with Him. David said, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Remember that in Psalm 23? So God wants us to know He is the protector, and His arms are always open, ready to receive us at any moment. In verse 10, the psalmist wrote, Some of you were prisoners, suffering in deepest darkness and bound by chains, because you had rebelled against God, the Most High, and refused His advice. See, that's the result of saying no to God. When we say no to God, we say yes to something else, sometimes to our own sin nature, sometimes what to the world. And what's the outcome? Well, saying no to God is rebellion against God, and it it oftentimes ends up in a very 
regretful situation. As the psalmist wrote here, suffering in deepest darkness and bounds by chains. See, there's freedom in Christ. We have to remember that. Outside of Christ, there's bondage. And how many people right now are in some type of bondage? Bondage to a behavior. Bondage to an addiction. Maybe bondage to a a way of thinking. Maybe bondage in a relationship. Oh, there are so many kinds of bondages where freedom has been taken away. And the key is, how do you break those chains? Get back with Christ. Jesus said, follow me. You'll be my disciple. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. In verse 12, the psalmist said, you were worn out from working like slaves, and no one came to help. True. See, God sees it all. God sees how tired, how weary we can become. That's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Oh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And you will find rest for your souls. God has rest for us. And the kind of rest he has for us, it's a mental rest. And you know what mental rest does? It energizes our body. When we are rested mentally, we can be energized physically. Because we're not carrying the weight of the world in our mind. And that's what Jesus came to set us free from. You were in trouble, verse 13, but you prayed to the Lord and he rescued you. There's that ever listening eye of God or ear. Sorry. (laughs) He sees all and he hears all the ever listening ear of God. He rescued you. He brought you out of the deepest darkness and broke your change. What did I say? I said, yes, return back to Christ, and he'll set you free. Remember when Jesus landed on the shores of Lake Gennesaret, and there was a man there living in the tombs, and he was possessed by demons, and he had iron chains that there were, he he was so strong by demon power, he could bust those chains, but he was still in bondage. He was in bondage to the demons. And Jesus came and cast out the legion, the legion of demons, and set him free. And what happened? It says that the man was found in his right mind. He was in his right mind. It's only through Christ that we are in our right mind. The prodigal son, when he came to his senses, see, when he was living in the world, he wasn't in his right mind. But when he came to his senses, he went back to his father. And when we come to our senses and we respond back to God, and that's why now he receives us in verse 15, you should praise the Lord for his love and for the wonderful things he does for all of us. Think about it. We should, and we do. He loves us unconditionally. He continues to work on our behalf. He He's there when we need him. When the world walks out, God walks in. God is always there. He breaks down bronze gates, verse 16, and shatters iron locks. What's that saying? He he breaks down the, the walls of the city. He breaks down the things that, here it comes, have kept you out. Have you ever felt, felt kept out of something? 
kept out of the group, kept out of the gathering, kept out of what was going on, well, the Lord Jesus can shatter those gates and you'll have an entrance into something even better. An entrance into what? The heavenly kingdom, the new Jerusalem. An entrance into the family of God where people truly do love you and accept you and want you. See, the body of Christ is a very unique body of people. It's very loving and very accepting. And, and Jesus has broken down all the walls, all the barriers. Even Paul said, he, he, he broke down the dividing wall that separates us, men, women, Jews and Gentiles, bond and free, rich and poor. There are no barriers anymore between people in Christ. He shatters the locks and breaks the gates. In verse 17, some of you had foolishly committed a lot of sins and were in, were in terrible pain. The very thought of food was disgusting to you, and you were almost dead. What's he saying? Then we can get to a place in life because of bad choices, and we don't enjoy anything. Everything is bitter. Everything is sour. There's no hope. There's no light. There is nothing good that you can see about your life. Verse 19 says, you were in serious trouble, but you prayed to the Lord and he rescued you. Here he is again. Why are we thankful to God? Because we were at a place in life where nothing was good. But our last hope, dear God, deliver me. And he rescued you. And now we praise him. And on this Thanksgiving day, it's an extra it's a reminder on steroids that we're thankful to God. It's a special day set aside. Say, thank you, Lord, for who you are and all you've done. And the little things that I've forgotten, forgive me. You've done so many of the little things for me, and I just neglect to remember and thank you, and I'm doing that today. In verse 20, by the power of his word, he healed you and saved you from destruction. Oh, that's the power of the Word of God. Oh, yes, it's alive and powerful. And you realize that when you make decisions based on God's Word, there'll always be a good outcome. But when we make decisions based on our sin nature, wow, there can be many regretful things in our past. And I've been there. I've made decisions outside of the Word of God, even before I knew there was a Word of God before salvation, and many of those decisions were regretful. And then even after salvation, sometimes you, you, you neglect the word and you let the sin nature take over, and it's regretful. But what is his word? It's powerful, and it heals. It heals and it saves. Think about that. You need a healed heart today. You read the word of God. Every time you pick up God's word, your heart is put back together again. In verse 21, here's the result. You should praise the Lord for his love and for the wonderful things he does for all of us. See, even the people far from God have good things done for them by God. They don't know it. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, right? The sun shines on the just and the unjust. God gives grace to all people, everybody. And maybe the reason he gives grace to those that don't believe is because Maybe that grace will bring them along. 
Maybe one day they'll look up and say, wow, it can only be because of God that I have this goodness in my life. So verse 22 says, you should celebrate by offering sacrifices and singing joyful songs to tell what he has done. See, thankfulness involves happiness. It involves joy. And the reason we can have joy is because for this time, this moment in time, our mind is off of ourself and our circumstances. Our mind is on him and who he is and the things that he's done. So we sing songs that glorify God. We, we, we sacrifice to God because we are so thankful because without him, we would have nothing. And we sing songs that magnify God and talk about his greatness, his majesty, his compassion, his love, his son that came and substituted himself in the judgment so we wouldn't have to. And his Holy Spirit that comes and empowers us and seals us for the day of redemption and qualifies us with spiritual gifts to serve the kingdom. Oh, we are thankful to the whole Trinity, so we sacrifice and we sing. Verse 23 says, Some of you made a living by sailing the mighty sea, and you saw the miracles of the Lord performed there. And what were those miracles? Well, he goes on. At his command, a storm arose and waves covered the sea. You were tossed to the sky and to the ocean depths until things looked so bad that you lost your courage. You staggered like drunkards and gave up all hope. You were in serious trouble, but you prayed to the Lord, and he rescued you. See, the psalmist is reminding people that, oh yeah, God did come through. And we need to be reminded. We forget. Oh, we are forgetful people sometimes. And we need to be reminded. Hey, I know what it's like to be seasick. Oh, man, it's not a good feeling. I remember being on a mission ship from Florida to Haiti. I threw up all the way. (laughs) That wasn't fun. Sorry to spoil your Thanksgiving. That wasn't fun. It was bad. And the ship was up and waves, waves were breaking into the wheelhouse. That's how big they were. And the wheelhouse is like, it's a 118 foot ship and the wheelhouse is pretty high and the waves are hitting the windows. And I'm like, Ugh. and boy, did I pray to God. And we got through safely, but I know what it is to be delivered and to be thankful. He made the storm stop and the sea be quiet in verse 29. And didn't Jesus do that? Oh yes. He did that with the disciples. Master, we perish, we perish, wake up. Waves are beating on the boat, coming into the boat. And Jesus got up and he said, hush, be still. And the waves ceased and the winds stopped and all was calm. See, no one can calm a situation like the Lord Jesus. That's why we want to walk with him. That's why we want to talk with him. That's why we want our fellowship with him. We want him in our life every day because no one can calm a situation like him. In verse 30, you are happy because of this. 
and he brought you to the port where you wanted to go. See, God will get us to our, here it comes, destination. God will get us there. Maybe I think he's the only one that can get us there. God has a destination for all of his people. It's a good destination. It's a safe port. It's a port of blessing and joy and fullness. And only God can get us there. We're all journeying. Do you know where you're journeying to? Hopefully you're journeying to the destination God has in mind for you. And if so, he will get you there. It might be a rough journey sometimes, but he will get you there. So verse 31, you should praise the Lord for his love and for the wonderful things he does for all of us. Honor the Lord when you and your leaders meet to worship. See, sometimes people need to teach other people how to worship God. Those that are spiritual, teach those that are not as spiritual. Never be ashamed of the cross. Paul said, I boast of nothing but the cross. The cross is the power of God. I am not ashamed of the cross. So those that are spiritual, the spiritual leaders, teach the others, lead the others on how to be worshipers of God. He said in verse 33 of Psalm 107, if you start doing wrong, the Lord will turn rivers into deserts flowing streams into scorched land and fruitful fields into beds of salt. Wow. See, there's always consequences. Never forget that. There's consequences for sin. But in verse 35, the Lord can also turn deserts into lakes and scorched lands into flowing streams. And he's going to do that in the millennial kingdom. Oh, yeah. The desert will blossom with the rose. Verse 36, if you are hungry, you can settle there and build a town. You can plant fields and vineyards that produce a good harvest. The Lord will bless you with many children and with herds of cattle. It's talking about the fullness of life. Okay? See, when we walk with God, the fullness of life is ours. It's in the soul. The fullness of life is not in what I have. The fullness of life is in who I know. It's in who I walk with. It's in what's inside of me. Verse 39, sometimes you may be crushed by troubles and sorrows until only, until only a few of you are left to survive. But the Lord will take revenge on those who conquer you, and he will make them wander across the desert stands. Yes, we have an enemy. The enemy is evil, embodied in the devil and his demons. And he will have his way at times. But God will always avenge the evil with good. We have to remember that. No matter how bad life gets, God will avenge it with good. In verse 41, when you are suffering and in need, he will come to your rescue. And your families will grow as fast as a herd of sheep. You will see this because you obey the Lord. There it is. It's all in walking with Christ. But everyone who is wicked will be silenced. Be wise. Be wise, the psalmist said. In other words, remember this and think about the kindness of God. 
Be wise. Let me ask you, are you wise on this Thanksgiving? What does it mean to be wise on Thanksgiving? It means to have our sights set where they belong, to look up, to look up to God's throne and be thankful. Be thankful for who he is. Nobody has everything go the way they want it to go all the time. Life is filled with pitfalls, with heartaches. Yes, I'm sorry, even with loss. We lose many valuable things in life. But God is still God. And God is still on the throne. And God still cares for us through those pitfalls. And he loves us through our losses because he knows the end. And he knows those things are not the end. As a matter of fact, for the believer, there is no end. We transition from this life into everlasting life with God. And for that, we are thankful. We are thankful. So again, when you're suffering and in need, he will come to your rescue. He will be there for you. But listen, we've got to remember his statutes. Jesus said, you are my friends if you do the things that I tell you. So we can have two outcomes in life. A rebellious toward God attitude will bring one outcome, which is rather negative. But then a submissive attitude toward God, one of obedience because we trust him, we love him, we thank him for what he's done, that always brings a much better outcome. It really does. It's a more, It's always a positive outcome. So all we have to do today is remember. Thankfulness comes from remembering. That's it. You want to be thankful? Then remember. Remember who God is and what he's done. I don't know if there's another nation in the world that has a day of thanks like we do. I don't think there is. And God was at that first Thanksgiving. Let him be at yours. Don't leave him outside the door. Bring him in. Nothing like the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and a gathering of people that's celebrating who God is. Have a wonderful day. Eat and drink to the glory of God. That's what we do. We, we have a feast. God loves feasts. He had them all the way through the Old Testament. But they're always to commemorate Him. A true thanksgiving will commemorate the Lord. So have a holy and happy Thanksgiving Day. <laughs>